Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Levin here, our number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. To what extent are the media, the Democrat Party, and these radical Marxist movements responsible for violence in this country? They've all come together to focus on tomorrow. They cannot make the case that President Trump authorized a violent attack against the Capitol building, or as Ted Cruz now puts it, an attack by domestic terrorists, I suppose. They cannot make that case. So they're trying to make the case that it's a dereliction of duty by the president. They've covered up Nancy Pelosi's role. They will not release documents, texts, emails. They will not subpoena her records. They will not compel her testimony under penalty of criminal indictment. And the media, of course, are absolutely silent on this point. To what extent... Are the media and the Democrat Party and these radical groups responsible responsible for the violence that has taken place in this country? Who is it that's pushing critical race theory? A racist, Marxist ideology. Who is it that is pushing segregation? Who is it that covers up for Hunter Biden while going after the Trump children? Who is it that promotes 
Russia collusion, and Russia collusion has many tributaries to it. Violations of the FISA law, illegal felonious leaks, the media participation, the laundering of money to create a dossier, the unequal justice that is applied to certain individuals, with SWAT teams included, but not other individuals who, who triggered, funded, and launched what is the greatest attack, in my view, on the Republic. The phony oversight committees in Congress run by one party. The lies that were repeatedly told to the American people about President Trump and Russia. The use of the FBI and the intelligence agencies. The use of the White House, including the Oval Office. The Democrat National Committee, the Hillary Clinton campaign. The phony experts who are brought on television programs. Who call white people racists. Day in and day out. Day in and day out. The phony experts they bring on TV to call President Trump and his supporters Hitlerian, Stalinists, so forth and so on. The media, where you cannot tell the difference between the news and the opinion writers and the opinion speakers which have decided to destroy their entire profession such as it was, to advance an ideology and to advance the cause of a party. Who is it that unleashed the war against police officers with brazen lies by Marxists like Black Lives Matter? A group celebrated by the corporatists by professional athletes, by ESPN, celebrated by the Democrat Party. Millions of dollars poured into their coffers. They haven't done a damn thing for black people and never will. A Marxist movement that embraces critical race theory and pushes their agenda. These corporatists, Comcast, they own NBC and MSNBC. MSNBC, the home of Joy Reid. And other individuals who are flat-out racists and bigots. Homophobes and anti-Semites. Who are given voice because they're radical leftists. Or they're professors. Or they're members of Congress. Or they're members of particular ethnicity. CNN, which spends 90% of its time advancing the cause of the Democrat Party, trashing the Fox News Network, trashing its viewers with phony reporters and journalists, all of whom are former Democrats who've worked in politics. Look at the Sunday shows. There's not a dime's worth of difference between them. How can that be? Same mindset. 
Same lack of morals, same lack of values. The attack on the American system, the attack on American values, the attack on people as a result of their race, white people. The attack on people who are holding deeply to their faith, evangelicals, Orthodox Jews. Open season. Open season. And at the same time, the American people are put down. The same time they're put down. They have no say in what's taking place in this country. If a Department of Justice led by a man who unleashes the FBI and the Domestic Terrorism Unit, the National Security Unit, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Criminal Division, the Civil Rights Division, against parents protesting at school board meetings, against the teachers' unions, against critical race theory, against the destruction, the destruction of the family structure with a transgender movement. They unleash federal law enforcement, which is colluding with the National School Board Associations and the teachers' unions and anybody else who opposes parent involvement in what their kids are learning. You have a woman who was promoted by the New York Times, the so-called 1619 Project, who spews her racism and her hate for this country, who says she doesn't understand why parents should have any say in education. After all, they're not experts. They're not experts. You have a Democrat party that spent two and a half years working with the media, one and the same, to try and reverse the 2016 election, first deny the winner, then try to destroy the winner. Two phony impeachments, one phony criminal investigation, multiple phony coup efforts. A federal bureaucracy utterly under control, starting with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You have people in this country who work hard and pay taxes, who are told they don't work hard enough and they don't pay enough taxes. While they watch people, they subsidize on the dole, not working, receiving funds, not contributing to society. As Bernie Sanders pushes his welfare state communist model on the nation with the with the, ex- the aggressive support of the Democrat Party. And the use of language that Republican legislatures that are trying to, to return to some kind of semblance of a rational election system where they can actually determine if votes are legitimate or not, called Jim Crow. The Democrat Party using Jim Crow against Republicans, isn't that ironic? Well, the Democrat Party and their media thugs and mouthpieces are pushing an agenda, they call it voting rights, which has nothing to do with voting rights and everything to do with the permanent empowerment of the Democrat Party in a one-party state. That same party destroying the filibuster to get whatever it can get. That same party trying to destroy the independence of the judiciary because it demands conformity, it demands power, it demands allegiance. That same party working with big tech to shut down all debate 
all debate that does not conform to the message of the current Democrat Party government or the Democrat Party period. You have one of these robber barons in the name of Zuckerberg who poured over $400 million into the last race to effectively elect Democrats and Joe Biden. Under the radar. He comes under no scrutiny whatsoever. None. None. You have hundreds of millions in dark money, unreported funds being used to back Mark Elias, who is a reprobate lawyer who has spent years trying to change the election process to ensure that Democrats win. And when there's any pushback against any of this, whether it's parents at school board meetings, whether it's taxpayers, whether it's talk show hosts, whether it's individuals on Fox News, whether it's authors, any pushback whatsoever, it has to be crushed. These same people who hate this country are now trying to define January 6th. The same people who celebrated or accepted or even denied the violence of the riots that cost over $2 billion in damage, directly resulting in the lost lives of dozens of people that involved the, the harming, the battery of thousands and thousands of law enforcement police officers. That caused anarchy and trauma that was clearly an effort to overthrow this government. There's no commission investigating any of it. The FBI is applying most of its resources to January 6th. Black Lives Matter is celebrated at the NBA and the NFL. It's celebrated on certain streets in Washington, D.C. and New York City and around the country despite its allegiance and its funding support from individuals, including those who were part of the Weather Underground, who actually blew up the Capitol building, the Pentagon, the State Department, and went back again at the Capitol building. The media lie about January 6th. We all saw it. We all know there were some violent thugs who deserved to be prosecuted for their attacks on the cops in the building. But we also know there weren't a thousand of them. We also know there weren't half a million of them. We also know there weren't 800,000 of them. But we also know that President Trump had nothing to do with it. And you know how I know that, ladies and gentlemen? It would have been leaked. Because this committee is leaking everything to their favorite radical media sources. And why are we to believe the media. Why are we to believe the Democrat Party and their surrogates? Do they have the best interest of you in mind and the truth in mind? The Democrat Party has been an evil, evil party overall, an evil entity with its support of slavery and segregation, its support of the Klan and lynching, even way up into the 1960s and late and early 70s. Elements of the Democrat Party had to be put down so black people and other minorities in this country could enjoy the right to vote and a semblance of equality. 
And today they still reject Americanism as they embrace Marxism. And the media, this would be the same media, the New York Times, they covered up the Holocaust. And whose main reporter in Berlin was a supporter of Hitler. They covered up the slaughter of the Ukrainians by Stalin. Whose main reporter in Moscow was a supporter of Stalin. And covered up the real intentions of Castro, whose main reporter was a Castro supporter. That New York Times. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. I would ask Joy Reid, I would ask these, oh, these, these individuals who are so racist in their daily commentary, I would ask, have you ever visited Arlington National Cemetery? Have you ever walked through the rows and rows and rows of headstones in Arlington National Cemetery? It goes on and on and on and on for acres. Men and women who gave their lives to this country, their lives. The overwhelming majority of them were white male Christians. That doesn't sound like white privilege to me. The overwhelming majority white male Christians. How about the Civil War battlefields? Have they ever visited the Civil War battlefields? And while it's true the overwhelming majority who fought for the Confederacy were white, the numbers were bigger on the Union side. Again, the vast majority of whom were white. To end slavery. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education, and it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for free. And Primus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. 
Start receiving your own free copy of this great Digest of Liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. The Mark Levin Show, where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877-381-3811. According to the World Population Review... Uh, that is, I believe, an accepted left-wing site. Modern slavery is prevalent in 167 countries, affecting 46 million people worldwide. The Department of State defines modern slavery in part as the act of recruiting, harboring, transporting, providing, or obtaining a person for compelled labor, commercial sex acts, through the use of force, fraud, or coercion, International Labor Office describes modern slavery as not just labor is owned by other people, but also forced marriages, state-imposed forced labor, victims from human trafficking, and sexual exploitation. Um, could include ownership, like chattel slavery, government conscription, that is um, forced labor, Forced prison labor, forced migrant labor, debt bondage, slavery until debts are paid, sexual slavery, forced marriage or child marriage, child labor, and forced begging. Top 10 countries with the highest prevalence of modern slavery by total number of slaves. Not one of them is a white Christian nation, Mr. Producer. Not one of them. India is number one almost 8 million, China number 2, almost 4 million, North Korea number 3, 2.6 million, Nigeria 1.4 million, Iran 1.3 million, Indonesia 1.2 million, the Congo 1 million, Russia 800,000, the Philippines 800,000, Afghanistan 750,000. Now, China is the Earth's most populous country. It has the second highest number of slaves at more than 3.8 million. It does not display this, the, uh, the same diversity of slavery. Other countries with significantly higher slave populations, Russia, Nigeria, Democratic Republic of Congo, and so forth, Egypt, Myanmar, Iran, Turkey, Sudan. On a continental, on a continental level, Asia has not only the highest overall population, but also the highest total number of slaves. But the total number of slaves is only one way to measure the level of slavery in a country, they say. Consider the following list. Top 10 country with the highest prevalence of modern slavery by slaves per 1,000. In other words, a head count. Number one, North Korea, 10.5%. Number two, Eritrea, 9.3%. Number three, Burundi, 4%. Number four, the Congo, 2.23%. Number five, Afghanistan, 2.2%. Number six, Mauritania, 2.14%. Number seven, South Sudan, 2%. Number eight, Pakistan, 1.7%. Number nine, Cambodia, 1.7%. Number 10, Iran, 1.6%. Again, none of them are a majority white Christian country. None of them. 
None of them. We fought a civil war in this country to end slavery. We fought future battles to end discrimination and racism. We've done a pretty damn good job of it. And now, and now we have critical race theory. And now we have hosts all over MSNBC and CNN, professors tenured all over our country. We have phony journalists, propagandists, attached to the Democrat Party and the American Marxist movements of one sort or another, pushing racism, pushing segregation, pushing hostility. And the reason I got into all this, remember, is to, is to point out that they talk about January 6th as the greatest threat to our democracy. January 6th is not and was not. Wasn't the greatest day in American democracy, nor should I say republicanism, but it certainly wasn't the worst. And the worst of it is ongoing. When you can have a host like Joy Reid go on national television on a platform that is a sister platform to the national broadcasting company, which is owned by Comcast. And you can have an individual like that, night after night, day after day, going on the air, trashing white people, whatever that means. As racist, as of one mind, poisoning American history, cherry-picking American history, ignoring current events, pushing an agenda, day in and day out, and when you can have her, and she's not alone. And she's not alone. And when you can have professors, day after day, week after week, semester after semester, being subsidized by the very government they claim to detest. Being subsidized to push a radical Marxist racist agenda. And when you have a Democrat party that speaks the same language, that promotes the same ideology, the biggest party in the country. Day in and day out. And you wonder why people are angry? And you wonder why people protest? And are these, these are the elements in our society, not Donald Trump. Not the vapid, often useless Republican Party. Not quote-unquote conservative media, whatever that is. I guess if you support the country, you're conservative media. That's not what angers people. That's not what causes people to have their blood boil. That's not what creates anger and jealousies and division in this country. The very people who intend to do these things, the American Marxists, and their various institutions, and their various mouthpieces and platforms, it is they who are creating the very situation they claim unseriously, in fact, preposterously, to oppose. To oppose. These are people who promote violence and hate and racism and division. These are people who hate. They don't believe in the American dream. They don't believe in unalienable right, unalienable rights. 
They burn our books. They pull down our monuments and our statues. They trash our founders. They trash our founding documents. This is who they are. And yet they position themselves with the big lie, having learned from tyrannies of the past to create the narrative that the people who love this country, the people who love the congressional institution, the presidential institution, the judicial institutions, the people who embrace and love the Bill of Rights, it is they who are turned into the perpetrators, not the victims. The perpetrators, not the victims. So the purpose of January 6th tomorrow, these same people who hate America, who push the propaganda, who push the lies, who reject the Constitution, who reject law enforcement, the rule of law, whether it's the border, whether it's our streets, who've undermined the cops, not just in recent years, but for decades. They now will position themselves tomorrow as the patriots who care about the police, who care about our institutions. They're not fooling anybody. They're not fooling anybody. It's the Democrat Party, after all. It's the media, after all. It's these radical Marxist organizations all coming together on January 6th. It's their May 1, if you will. Their May Day. If you don't know what that is, Google it. For them, January 6th is May Day. Their May 1. We know who they are and we know what they're doing. Those of you who have read my book know for sure. Those of you who listen to this program know for sure. And have you noticed one other thing, ladies and gentlemen? Have you noticed the role of corporate America, corporate CEOs and corporate boards, particularly in the broadcast world, how they've tamped down any discussion about who's who when it comes to January 6th? You see, you and I, we don't have to apologize. We oppose violence, period. That's why we support the cops. That's why we support due process and the Bill of Rights. That's why we support sentencing guidelines and prisons and putting criminals in prisons. If you're going to break into the Capitol building, or you're going to break into the Portland courthouse, or you're going to set fire to a church in Lafayette Park, if you're going to injure Secret Service around the White House, you're going to injure Portland police officers... Minneapolis police officers, NYPD, if you're going to injure Capitol Hill police, Metropolitan Police, then you should be prosecuted and go to jail. Not those who are pedestrians walking, trespassing, quote-unquote, or parading without a license. No, those are peaceful protesters who are being abused and so forth. We oppose all of that. But the media do not. They demonstrated it. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage. 
hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage of Democrats trashing the cops, calling them stormtroopers and and other outrageous statements. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of footage of Democrats supporting the rioters, Black Lives Matter and Antifa. Antifa, that's just an idea. That's not really an organization. And the failure of the Department of Justice to hunt down those perpetrators in large numbers. Considering the death, the mayhem, and the arson that they created. While they're celebrated. Celebrated. Tell me, who is celebrating the people who broke into the Capitol building? Can you name anybody? There are people who seek the truth and want to lay out the facts, who reject Nancy Pelosi's efforts. Like Wizard the Oz behind the curtain. But more evil and uglier than that. To orchestrate events for January 6th. And isn't it interesting how she covers up her own role? Isn't it interesting that if you believe that that building was illegally penetrated by violent people, Don't you want to know how it happened? And yet the how apparently is of no interest to the media. The how is apparently of no interest to the Pelosi-Stalinist Politburo. The how is of no interest, period. Because if you get to the how, you get to Pelosi. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. My friends, I know you love freedom and want to defend it. And I know you love the Constitution. Well, so do I. And it's the same with Hillsdale College, the best liberal arts college in America. Hillsdale's mission is pursuing truth and defending liberty. It gives its undergraduate and graduate students the best education. And it is working to make this education available to all. But today, I want to tell you about Hillsdale's free monthly speech digest of liberty. It's called Imprimus. Over 6 million households and businesses receive Imprimus for free every month. And you can join them by subscribing at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who love freedom make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for free. Imprimus is one of my favorite publications. It's short, smart, useful, and fun. Start receiving your own free copy of this great digest of liberty. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Levinforhillsdale.com. You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's interesting. We're a very welcoming country. And so many, a vast number of people in this country, their ancestors or their forefathers came to this country well after slavery, well after the Civil War. That includes Joy Reed's parents. In fact, Joy Reed's parents both came to the United States from the African continent. I believe that's true. But we can check that. You can look it up. The point is that they were not born in the United States. They came to the United States voluntarily, wherever they came from. Joy Reid goes on and on about the history of this country. She's become quite successful. She went to Harvard. She has her own television show. 
I don't know exactly what Joy Reid and her family has contributed to this nation. And yes, I will say that. Many of us have family members who went off to World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, or other wars, put their lives on the line. People will say, well, what about modern immigrants? I have no problem with modern immigrants who love this country, who don't try to tear it down, who don't join as a mouthpiece of movement that seeks to undermine its very existence and then starts attacking, quote-unquote, white people. Any more than people should attack, quote-unquote, black people. Racism is racism. It is a poison. It's a cancer. And Joy Reid is poisonous and cancerous. She just is, and she's just one example. Just one. There are others. Many others. Now, I understand the things that I say will upset the very people, or the enemy of this country, the very people who don't embrace Americanism, the very people who embrace this American Marxism. I understand that I will upset people in the media who are basically Democrat thugs, who are absolutely disingenuous and dishonest about their phony professions. I understand that. But I don't care. We all have one life to live on this earth. One life. We do what we can to preserve the greatest nation on the face of the earth for our own flesh and blood, our families, our children, our grandchildren, and children yet born for our fellow citizens. We share, the vast majority of us, the same principles, the same desires, the same needs. We're all human beings, regardless of our ancestry, regardless of our race, our faith, and all the rest of it. And yet there are people who are evil. And there have been evil people throughout humankind who seek to do very nasty, unconscionable things to the body politic. And that's what we're up against. And that's what I intend to stand against till the day I die. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. Let me continue with my thoughts here. I've got stacks of articles, but let let me continue with my thoughts here. When you look at this country, who controls the culture? Who controls our classrooms? Who controls tenure? Who controls who gets to teach? Who controls our universities and colleges? What textbooks are selected? What subject matter is taught? Who controls what information is provided to you by so-called news programs through your television? 
Who controls that? Who controls what you see in a movie theater or these days on various devices in your home? Who controls that? Who controls these major corporations and their decisions about how they will hire, how they will fire, how they will promote? Who controls that? And I'm quite serious about this. Who controls the narrative in this country? When the Democrats talk about voter reform and it's regurgitated by their media, is it voter reform to prevent voting officials from knowing if you are who you say you are? Is that reform? That word reform, it's a very interesting word. It's abused by the left all the time. Who controls whether the law is enforced on the border? Who controls whether a a governor forced to resign in disgrace, Cuomo, is charged with sexual offenses or not? Or a former Republican president has his children subpoenaed and his taxes subpoenaed? Who controls that? You see, here's the problem. There's tens of millions of us who have almost no say, or literally no say, in the culture and in the society writ large. And you feel disenfranchised because you are. You are. You are disenfranchised. When you have 19 Republican state legislatures that are earnestly and studiously trying to adjust their election laws to respond to what took place during the pandemic and what took place in 2020. Not to prevent minorities from voting, not to prevent Democrats from voting, but to have rational, manageable systems in place with records that demonstrate that the person in front of you is actually who they say they are. Or that the person should show up and be in front of you to demonstrate they are who they say they are. That somehow this is controversial when the vast majority of our history was not. You are disenfranchised. And that's the purpose. When you read and go back and look at what the early so-called progressives said, book I wrote, Rediscovering Americanism. You were never supposed to be enfranchised in that sense. You're an individual, a group of individuals who are going against the tide. You're an individual, a group of individuals who won't conform to what's the best for the community, for the quote-unquote masses. And so, you should be disenfranchised. You shouldn't have a say. You should not have a say on Facebook. You should not have a say on Twitter. You should not have a say about vaccines or viruses. You shouldn't have a say about science. You shouldn't have a say about voting, particularly if you're white. You shouldn't have a say about immigration, particularly if you're white. You shouldn't have a say about about how the bureaucrats and the politicians 
wish to rejigger the, the economic system or the governing system? Because you don't support the general good. You don't support, quote-unquote, progress. You're a throwback. You're regressive. You're in the way. You're in the way. So you should not have the same liberties, the same rights, the same ability to speak. Period. Conversely, if you claim to know what the general good is, if you claim to know what's in the best interest of the, of the overall population, that is, you wish to think for, act for, and feel for every other person in this country, whether they like it or not, you're righteous. Because you want to do good for everybody, the theory goes. You want to do good for everybody. You're not a selfish individual. You don't believe in free will going off on your own and undermining the general good of the community. You believe in equity. You believe in equality. You believe in settling scores. You believe in reparations. Capitalism is evil because capitalism rewards individuals for their own labor, for their own work, for their own motivation. It rewards individuals. Now, of course, it rewards the entire country and the entire community because when you take individuals and look at them collectively and the things they've contributed, but no, 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 no. That undermines the, the approach of the people who seek to crush us. The people who do not wish that we have a voice in what goes on in this country. That's why they want to change the voting rules. Because they want to empower themselves, not empower minority communities. They've never wanted to empower minority communities. They want more and more people on welfare. That's not empowering anybody. That's subsidizing somebody. That's destroying their motivation. That's controlling their thinking process. And so... You are disenfranchised. I don't care how, if you vote or you don't vote. You're disenfranchised. Because for the Democrat Party, the media, these tenured Marxists, the whole variety of Marxist movements that have sort of formed this cabal and collude, your independence is the enemy. Your independent thinking is the enemy. Your ability or wish to post something on social media to raise questions and challenge something is disinformation or misinformation. It's dangerous. It must be eliminated. If you have a different approach to dealing with the virus, even when it comes to your own body, you're the enemy. You must be, you must be squashed. If you're successful in this country and you're black or Hispanic or you're Asian or you're gay, or you're a woman, you have to be dismissed or rejected because you undermine the narrative. If you made something out of your life, not because of the government, not with the help of the government, but because of liberty and capitalism and freedom, 
You didn't do that on your own, Barack Obama says. How could you do that on your own? You couldn't do that without a big centralized federal government. What Barack Obama fails to understand and doesn't really care about is you can have a big centralized federal government and be very, very poor if you don't have motivation, if you don't embrace capitalism, if you don't work. Government's beside the point. The whole country was set up not to promote a white dominant society, but to promote the freedom, the aspirations, and the desires of the individual. Even though our history is imperfect, and every country has an imperfect history, as a matter of fact, every human being has an imperfect history. The fact is we're more perfect than any other country. And we are the greatest country to ever have been established, period. With the most diverse population of any industrialized country. Diverse by religion, diverse by race, diverse by interests, diverse in every way. You are disenfranchised from what's going on in this country. Academia, entertainment, politics and governance, so-called media. You're the target. You're the subject. You're not the participant. And to the extent you resist this alien ideology that has been imposed on so much of this nation and our culture. You are to be destroyed. Destroyed. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. In hour three, we're going to have uh, Julie Kelly on the program. She has a fantastic new book out, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Why isn't she receiving the, the support and coverage 
that she and this book deserve? The Democrats now are using January 6th to try and push their their voting disenfranchisement bill. And that's what it should be called. Because that's what Marxists do. Exploitation. That's what they do. Exploitation. And they say if this bill isn't passed, democracy is threatened. And their mouthpieces at the Washington Compost and the New York Slimes and the usual phony sites push the same agenda. By the way, we did look up. Uh, Joy Reid's father is from the Congo and her mother is from Guyana, which is South America. It's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. You understood the point. And so uh, I want I just make the point that the Democrats claim to want to defend democracy when they, at every turn, oppose what is our national system in this country. Representative Jamie Raskin, I told you about his old man. His old man was an old red with ties to the old Soviet Union. He founded an organization. And uh, you can look it up yourselves. It's out there. Um, The whole purpose of the enterprise, in my view, was to, of course, undermine this country. And his son gets elected Congress from Maryland, of course. Nobody raises questions about him. He sat on at least the first impeachment committee, even the second, perhaps, against Trump. He sits on the current... Pelosi-Stalinist committee. It's all very interesting for somebody whose family is notorious for their, for their viewpoints. And so he's very interested in having Sean Hannity testify in front of their committee. Cut six, go. Well, Sean Hannity is being, um, has become a figure of interest because he's a fact witness, obviously, to the planning that preceded both the attempt at a political coup on January 6th and also uh, apparently organizing for the insurrection. And All right, uh, all right. Let, let, let us stop right there. The only way this guy can do this is because the Constitution protects him. The idea that Sean was a witness to the planting, to the planning of a political coup and the organizing for the insurrection. These are outrageous comments by this Marxist. These are absolutely disgusting and outrageous comments. Really. For somebody like this to say. For somebody like this to say. So this was a coup and an insurrection. When this man's father, in my view, supported such efforts in one form or another, to one degree or another. Now, they know that over there at the Morning Joe, but Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski have no standards anymore. They have no shame. They have no soul, let alone low IQ, whether individually or collectively. Go ahead. Based on the evidence of the text we've seen, it looks like he was very concerned about what was going to happen. And uh, we just want to try to reconstruct the chronology of his involvement. Obviously, 
Uh, Why? He's not- Why do you care? What is the legislative purpose for reconstructing the chronology of, quote-unquote, his involvement? Why is it, Mr. Raskin? Why is it, comrade? Why is it that you're not interested in the failure to protect the building? Isn't that your legislative purpose, to make sure it doesn't happen again? Why is it that you've asked no questions of Nancy Pelosi? Could it be... Because you're a partisan goon? A red hack? This committee, this committee which is made up of of Marxists, this committee that's made up of Pelosi sycophants, and this committee that's made up of never-Trumpers, that's quite a broad spectrum of representation, isn't it, Mr. Producer? Very broad spectrum. Let's invite Jamie Raskin on the program, can we? Can we do that? So far, everybody we're inviting won't show up. Isn't that correct? Whatever happened to Chuck Todd? No response. Because Chuck Todd is a coward. He'll only appear on certain shows where they pretend to treat him as a professional. Come on, Chuck. Come on the show, you little weasel. You jerk. Come on the show, tough guy. He doesn't want to be exposed. And I'll expose him by using his own words. I'll expose his his low IQ. I would recommend a new barber to him, but what do I know about barbers, quite frankly? But I would say this. If I had a head of hair, I wouldn't do to it what he does to it. He takes like one of these straining bowls, you know, they use for spaghetti to get the water out of it, Mr. Producer. I think they put it over his head and then they take big construction paper shears and just sort of cut it in a circle. So he has that little uh, monster look. What was that kid's name? On the monsters. Anyway, so he has that little Eddie Munster, I think his name was. Nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. All right, I'll be right back. Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. My special guest on Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin for the entire hour, will be the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. He's an old friend. Uh, We go back to the days when he was a freshman member of the House of Representatives. As you know, I endorsed him for governor in Florida. Came down and campaigned for him. And um, he's got a re-election coming up at some point. So the the same forces I've been discussing tonight, of course, despise him because he's been a incredibly effective and successful governor. And he's demonstrated that conservatism works, that constitutionalism works, that capitalism works, so much so that during his watch, Florida has flipped from a Democrat state to a Republican state. It's now the third largest state population-wise and one of the key states that people are coming to when they escape New Jersey, New York, New England, when they escape uh, the dark blue states, even California. Uh, you'll notice those populations aren't growing at all, except through uh, open borders and so forth. 
Speaking of DeSantis, over here at the Daily Wire, Amanda Prestigiacomo. Media wrong again. No, DeSantis did not have an activist removed from a presser over criticism. Here are the facts. They just lie. The American media lie. And they lie in one direction. They have no intention of covering Trump honestly, no intention of covering a Republican honestly, no intention of covering DeSantis honestly. They see him as a threat. Say they've been trying to destroy him from day one, but they have failed. The establishment media ran with another disparaging narrative targeting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis that turned out to be false. False. Claiming the Republican had, quote, a community activist, unquote, arrested and removed from a news conference over criticism of the government. But that's not what happened. Oh, really? Do tell. A man was arrested for trespassing. Oh, tell Merritt Garland, Meritless Garland. After he refused to leave a closed news conference about life-saving monoclonal antibody treatment for only credentialed media by Jacksonville police, not at the behest of DeSantis' team or the governor, who was not even there at the time of the incident. It's like they're blaming Youngkin for what happened on, on Interstate Highway 95 going through Virginia where people were stuck for 30 hours. He hasn't even been sworn in as governor yet. Before the news conference was set to begin on Tuesday, a man named Ben Frazier and other left-wing protesters were asked to leave the location since the press was open to credentialed media only and not the public as per usual. In video of the incident... Staffers asked Frazier to leave so the news conference can start, telling the man they would like to connect another time. Frazier, though, would not leave and eventually chanted, when it comes to public welfare, this governor does not care. Notably, Governor DeSantis was not involved in asking Frazier to leave. In fact, he was not even at the location of the presser at the time of the incident. As he is repeatedly being asked to leave, Jacksonville police arrive on the scene An officer asked a DeSantis staffer about the situation, quote, yes, we're asking everyone who's not credentialed press to leave, unquote. Everyone is escorted out of the room and Frazier's handcuffed. The DeSantis staffer can be heard on video emphasizing that she has asked all of the protesters to leave since the event was only for credentialed media. Why am I the only one being handcuffed, Frazier's heard saying. Today's press conference in Jacksonville was about monoclonal antibody treatments for COVID-19. These treatments have saved thousands of lives in Florida, DeSantis spokeswoman Christina Pushaw said in a statement sent to the Daily Wire. They have the potential to prevent many more hospitalizations and deaths. If people are aware of the importance of early treatment, understand their risk profile, and know how to access care for themselves and loved ones, this should be a story. In fact, this should be the story. The spokeswoman said it was shameful for protesters to derail officials from providing the life-saving information to citizens. And she noted that Frazier, quote, has disrupted official proceedings several times before, unquote. In other words, she's like Jim Acosta without a press badge. Quote, it's shameful that protesters would attempt to disrupt state officials and prevent them from conveying potentially life-saving information to the public during a pandemic. The protester detained by Jacksonville police for trespassing this morning is not a member of the press. He's an activist who has disrupted official proceedings several times before, including a State Board of Education meeting and a City Council meeting, 
that was forced to adjourn early due to his disruptive behavior. Maybe somebody should call Meritless Garland and sick the FBI on this guy, Mr. Producer. Sounds like a grave threat. Quote, every citizen has the right to protest in public places, but not to trespass in a secured facility in order to disrupt a press briefing and prevent essential information from being conveyed to the public. Pushaw emphasized that Mr. Frazier had attempted to enter a White House press briefing to protest peacefully, quote unquote, in front of President Biden. Mr. Frazier would likewise have been removed and detained as would be appropriate. The only difference would be the liberal media's reaction or lack thereof, she said. Now, the media and Democrats, of course, ran with the implication that DeSantis was not even there. Had Frazier hailed as, hailed as a hero, arrested and booted, calling, for the, calling the governor the enemy of the people and other criticisms. But it was a lie. Imagine that, the media lying. Sounds like a media insurrection to me. I don't know, Mr. Producer. Sounds pretty bad. How am I doing on my sponsors, Mr. Producer? We're on time, and that's good. Plus, Governor DeSantis was on our buddy Sean Hannity's show on Monday. And uh, they're very concerned. Monoclonal antibodies. Let me tell you something. When I got this virus, and my mother-in-law got it, and my stepdaughter got it, we all, in Florida... Somehow my wife didn't get it. We all went to a recreation center that had been empty that was being used by the state of California. And there there are multiple sites all over the state. There's dozens of sites all over the state. Conveniently located in population centers and in rural areas for people to go to get the monoclonal antibody shots. It is the most smoothly run operation I've ever seen. I really was unbelievable. And it costs you nothing. They don't care where you're from. If you have it, you go in. They don't test you for it. They just ask you your symptoms, and they give you the shots. This is how DeSantis, along with promoting vaccines, particularly with the vulnerable, the elderly, and so forth, this is where he's done so beautifully well with the therapeutics. The therapeutics. I felt lousy, really bad the first day. The second, third, fourth days, I felt fine. And I've been fine since. Fine since. Because the monoclonal antibody works. It's been proven to work, and it works. And so what does Joe Biden's administration do? It limits how many the state of Florida can have because Ron DeSantis is using it. Here he is with Hannity on Monday. Cut 13, go. Well, I think with the with the monoclonals, uh, that is absolutely leading uh, to people dying because we saw when we put in our sites this summer in Florida to deal with the Delta wave, we kept tens of thousands of people out of the hospital. We saved thousands of lives by providing that treatment. So that should have been replicated in all these other states. But instead, what Biden and his cronies have done, they've seized control of all the monoclonal antibodies. So yes, when we were in the pinch, I bought some myself. None of the governors now are able to do that because the feds have seized control. So we're in a situation where we've now asked for 40,000 more every week because I have people that I could help and they are holding on to it and they're not distributing it the way we need it to be distributed. Now, do you believe that, folks? They blocked him the first time, so it goes directly to the company and the state purchases 
the monoclonal antibodies from the company, the private company. So the Biden administration now steps in and nationalizes the entire process and takes over all the production. That is all that's produced. All that's produced. And now he needs more more shots. He needs more of the antibodies for his state, and they can't get it. There won't be any commission investigating this. This is causing the death of people. This is causing the death of people. There won't be any news story, even in Florida, focused on what Joe Biden is doing. There won't be any questions asked of Pasaki, no congressional hearings, no 60 Minutes or 2020 or Today Show or Good Morning America. None of those shows are going to focus on what Biden is doing. And quite frankly, what is Biden doing? He's killing people. That's right, I said it. The damn fool. Because this does save people's lives. And this administration, the Biden administration, hasn't produced a single vaccine or a single therapeutic. And now he throws up his hands and he says, we've done all the federal government can do. They were handed the tests. They were handed the equipment. They were handed the hospital rooms. They were handed the vaccines. They were handed the therapeutics. And he throws up his hands. Not a single serious media report. From the slimes or the compost, from the constipated news network, or MSLSD, or any of the rest of them. Not a single serious news report. No charts on TV showing the effects of what Biden is doing. Instead, now it's January 6th, they tell us we need to focus on. They tell us what our reality is, and it's not our reality. Whether it's inflation, whether it's shortages, whether it's monoclonal antibodies and vaccines. Now the next shiny object, January 6th, to push the Democrat Party Marxist media academic agenda. So they've cut the governor off, the state of Florida off. He can't get them with the state funds and resources, and he has to rely on Biden and his staff? Seriously? The inhumanity of this. The inhumanity of this. The exploitation, the politics always. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. 
and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Forget next hour, Julie Kelly, her fantastic new book, right on target and on time, January 6th, how Democrats used the Capitol protest to launch a war on terror against the political right. You can see it all, all around you. The same mouthpieces, the same distorted faces, the same columnists and on and on and on doing what they always do. Loudoun County, Virginia. My home county, ground zero, for the battle against the teachers' unions and CRT. Our friends at Breitbart reported earlier, conservatives inundate Loudoun County schools with over 500 FOIA requests. Now, I'm not sure I would call them conservatives per se. A lot of these parents aren't political or philosophical in any way. Some of them are, some of them aren't. But they say seeking information about a Loudoun County pub- about the public school's alleged sexual assault cover-up, among other things, they have flooded the school division with over 500 Virginia Freedom of Information Act requests, according to Loudoun Now. That's the local left-wing kook paper. From 2012 to 2018, the outlet said, the average yearly number of requests was about 90. Approximately 40% of the requests made by about a half a dozen individuals, have been filed by members or allies of Fight for Schools, a Loudoun County-based education advocacy organization, which has been behind several efforts to recall school board members. Loudoun County schools have been a hotbed of political activity, as you know, uh, pushing the critical race theory, covering up the uh, rape that occurred in their, uh, in their bathroom. As Breitbart News reported, the elect sexual assault cover-up resulted in the resignation of one school board member and an apology from the superintendent, Ziegler, who lied through his 17 teeth. He's sorry he failed them. According to the Loudoun County Public School Public Information Officer, Wade Byard, the district has had to double the number of officials who process FOIA requests and has begun billing FOIA requesters because he can't handle the current volume free of charge. Sure you can. You got more dead weight in that school system, including the clowns that are pushing critical race theory. Now, as Breitbart News reported, the FOIA requester was billed more than 31 of them, more than $36,000. Loudoun County mother Michelle Meg had asked for all communications, including press releases, statements, emails, or other correspondence in any format with the Loudoun County. A public school in their possession that used the word sexual assault or rape between May 1 and October 18 of 2021. So the calculation of their time is uh, hourly retrieval rate of $72.15. You want to know why your property taxes are through the roof? Now you know why. Virginia Attorney General like Jason Myaris vowed to investigate the county over the sexual assault issue. They should also investigate what they're trying to do with FOIA, basically kill it by charging these confiscatory amounts. I want to congratulate them. This is in Chapter 7. I'll be right back. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here, our number, and we're just getting started. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Here's what we do know. Last January 6th, one person was killed. Ashley Babbitt. Unarmed. Peaceful. Wasn't hurting or threatening anybody. A U.S. Air Force veteran and a Trump supporter was shot blindly by a Capitol Hill policeman who had some questions about his past conduct. That's it. Other people died that day of heart attacks and other maladies. Uh, Just as other people died, I'm sure, when the riots began in Minneapolis, Seattle, in Portland. But we don't add those up as the media are want to do and say, all these people died on that day. But they can't help themselves. So we know that. That's number one. Number two. We know that not a single person who went into that building, some of who broke in, some of who were waved in, shot at anybody, period, or shot a weapon, period. One hell of an insurrection. That's number two. That's number two. Number three, what do we know? We know that Donald Trump did not order people to charge into the building. And we have significant evidence for that. Number one, it hasn't been leaked by the committee yet, so nobody's told them that. Number two, the committee members are talking about dereliction of duty. That the president didn't step in and do something. When, of course, it wasn't even his job. That would be Nancy Pelosi. So number three, we know, or is it four? We know that Nancy Pelosi didn't do her job, which was to protect the building. She was told that she could bring in the National Guard. She rejected it. She could have strengthened the Capitol Police Force or asked for more Metropolitan Police. She didn't do it. She was concerned about the optics. You know, she didn't want all those stormtroopers, as she called them, surrounding the building, having attacked President Trump for even considering using the Insurrection Act to protect Lafayette Park and the White House and the 60 Secret Service personnel who were attacked. She couldn't now do the same, now could she? Yes. We also know that Merrillis Garland, who wants to use the FBI against peacefully protesting parents at school boards, that he said today that this is the biggest investigation that the Federal Bureau of Investigation has, that should be frightening to you. That they're looking for another couple of hundred people regardless of their roles. The vast majority of people, just so you know, have been charged with trespassing. 
or parading on federal land. Oh, yes, the FBI is on the job. Don't worry. From dossiers to on the job. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has done a more thorough job of covering this honestly and factually than Julie Kelly, typically writing at American Greatness. And Julie Kelly has a brand new book out, As I Speak, a must-read, a must-get, absolutely timely, and it's entitled January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Julie Kelly, how are you, my friend? I'm great, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on and for endorsing my book. I can't tell you what an honor it was to have your, your blurb for my book. It's a fantastic book, and you're a very courageous individual. Because you know forevermore you will be on the, you will be blacklisted by these very same elements, the media, academia, the Democrat Party, the culture, because you dare to actually factually look into this. You're no Mm -hmm. Philip Bump at the Washington Post. You're no fraud and phony. You've actually (laughs) looked into this. So the title of the book, How the Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Let's get into this. Tell me what you mean by this and what your evidence is. Lay it out. Well, I think Merrick Garland really underscored it today with his unprecedented press conference. I mean, when was the last time you had an attorney general give a nationwide press conference that was broadcast everywhere where he discusses really what's a political investigation on behalf of targeting protesters who dare to reject the outcome of the election that elected his boss um, and brag about how unprecedented it is, how more is coming, hinting that the former president is going to be somehow ensnared in this abusive DOJ investigation, flagrantly lying, Mark, that five police officers died as a result of January 6th. Five. So he lied again about Brian Sicknick, who died of natural causes. And now, like what he is doing in the media, is um, applying the alleged suicides of other police officers, including three D.C. police officers who allegedly committed suicide. They're adding that to the death list, the fatalities. Now, did Merrick Garland talk about Ashley Babbitt today? No. Did he talk about Roseanne Boylan today? No. I mean, this is what he, this is all propaganda, and it's nothing that we have seen by any attorney general. Um, And so that is just one element of the war on terror that this Biden regime is unleashing against the political right. How many people have been charged with insurrection, do you know? None. Not one. Not a single person. Not one. How many people have been charged with firing a firearm in the Capitol? None. Not one? No. I see. How do you have an insurrection of this sort? How do you pin it on a president of the United States that offered the National Guard to protect the Capitol building, which was declined? Doesn't that seem a little counterintuitive? Well, you might have noticed, Mark, a little shift in the narrative. It was called an armed insurrection that day as the uh, chaos was unfolding at the Capitol. You had lawmakers and former President George Bush and all sorts of 
people calling it an armed insurrection. Well, they don't really call it that anymore. Now it's just sort of a violent uh, mob, a violent riot. They have to really scramble to come up with a variety of weapons. Only about 70 people so far have been charged with any weapons violations. Some of them accused of using, you know, things like a flagpole or even um, pepper spray. As you know, Mark, a lot of people brought what they could, legal weapons to defend themselves, because, of course, these are the same people who were attacked in November and December at Stop the Steel rallies in Washington, D.C. So they wanted to attend to support the president, but they also were anticipating violence with BLM and Antifa activists because that's what had happened in 2020. Um, so can I can I just add a point to underscore your point? Uh, when my wife and I attended uh, one of the nights on the White House grounds uh, for the Republican convention where it was held, mm-hmm. when we left there and Dan Bongino left there and Senator Rand Paul left there, we were all attacked. Mm-hmm. Rand Paul was and his wife were personally attacked. Bongino and his wife were attacked. My wife and I. Apparently, they wanted to attack us. They didn't get to us. It was extremely violent. They mm-hmm. were attacking police. They were trying to turn over cruisers. The police were trying to send people around another way. And, uh, and so that can clearly be a reason why people came with really basic protection uh, uh, for themselves and so forth. So you make a very, very important point. Most of the people are being charged or having to plead to trespassing and parading, aren't they? That's exactly right. They are um, the overwhelming majority face misdemeanor charges. The charge that has um, resulted in the most plea deals is what you just called parading in the Capitol. It's a Class B misdemeanor that even Beryl Howell, the chief judge of the district court, says that that court system never deals with. But, of course, every defendant is going to have to be run through this tribunal of uh, federal judges who are playing along with whatever the DOJ wants. And today, Tanya Chutkin, an Obama appointee who's trying to get promoted by Joe Biden, sentenced two men to 30 days in jail for pleading guilty to parading and suggested they had no business in the Capitol and that they felt entitled because they are white men and have had privilege their entire life and thought that they actually could get away with, what, walking into a government building. This is a radical who was appointed to a federal judgeship in Washington, D.C., obviously an African-American. She is mm-hmm. extremely left-wing. They keep talking her up, as a, and not just her, but others, as a potential Supreme Court nominee. And oh, she's been right. handing out the most difficult, the most aggressive sentences and giving out these incredible lectures, which I think... Uh, you're supposed to adjudicate the case before you that she is completely rogue and out of control. Do you not? Oh, she is completely rogue and out of control. She said today, accuse these men of trying to overthrow democracy. They're standing there pleading guilty to parading in the Capitol. They brought no weapon. They didn't attack anyone. They didn't damage any property. You know, they're pleading guilty to this ridiculous misdemeanor charge, and yet she routinely sits there and berates these people. And she even exceeds what the sentencing recommendations are from the Justice Department. They'll say, okay, we want two years probation or we want home detention. She has overridden, I believe now this is her seventh and eighth time, overruled even this ridiculous Justice Department and 
sentenced people to jail time, a month, two months, three months in jail for parading. After she lectures them about what horrible people they are, that they are, you know, they have uh, benefited from their white privilege and uh, she gets some sort of, of gratification from doing this. I guess she's not day. aware of the attack on the Capitol in 1954 by the Puerto Rican nationalists. No, I'm sure I she's I guess not. she's not aware. White privilege. Any judge who uses the language of Joy Reid should be removed from the bench. People should be filing complaints with the bar against individuals like this. Now, I understand the bar's control, uh, the ethics committees are controlled by people of a similar mindset, but nonetheless... Uh, no judge should conduct themselves uh, him this this way. Uh, it's absolutely appalling. These people can't get a fair. And many of them have already spent God knows how many months in jail. Isn't that true? That's true. We now have 83 people, last time I checked, um, who are under pretrial detention at the request of Biden's Justice Department. That means denied bail as they are awaiting trials that continue to get pushed into the middle of 2022. So you're talking about people, most of them have been charged with attacking police officers. Some have been charged with no violent crime, like conspiracy or obstruction of an official proceeding. And these people will spend at least a year and a half in jail before they even have a chance to defend themselves before a jury. Um, this is also unprecedented and, of course, supports my contention that this is a war on terror against the political right. You could see it from DOJ. You can see it from the January 6th Select Committee. They are going after everyone on the right, uh, as many people as they can possibly uh, prosecute and punish before the clock runs out on them, uh, at least in Congress, at the end of next year. I thought Meritless Garland also sort of implied that if they can, they'll go, over the, they'll go after the ex-president today. Yes. That, that's, I mean, it's unbelievable. There is no crime that the ex-president committed. Uh, dereliction of duty. Can you show me where that is in the criminal code? Uh, and if there's a dereliction of duty, is it not interesting and to underscore the premise of your book, to underscore its premise, um, how much investigation is being done about security that day and the person who was in charge, Nancy Pelosi? I want you to hold your answer till we come back. The author, fantastic, the singular best reporter on this subject, Julie Kelly, the book is January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Now, let me tell you something. This is a crucially important book. And it's even more crucially important because they don't want you to read it. So I want to encourage all the Venites out there, please, jump in and get it as fast as you can. Even from Amazon, which is discounting it, go get it. Have them deliver it to you tomorrow or the next day because you're going to be filled with propaganda tomorrow. None of us support violence against police officers. I have no problem with prosecuting people. That includes when you attack people at the NYPD. You shouldn't be going out the back door. That includes when you attack the Portland police, uh, you know, when Kamala Harris is donating money to, to get those people off. No, I don't support any of that. The vast majority of these people didn't attack anybody. That's the point. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. 
More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Julie Kelly is our uh, special guest. Her book is January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. We only have a few minutes this segment, but I want to have uh, Julie on the rest of the hour. That's how important this is, given what's happening tomorrow and all the propaganda. So they're not looking into Pelosi and her uh, dereliction of duty, are they, Julie? No, they're not. Um, and here's, here's one thing I want to say about Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser, the D.C. mayor, who rejected offers of additional National Guardsmen. I believe that it is because D.C. Metro Police and Capitol Police had their marching orders, which was to, number one, attack the crowd of peaceful protesters early on. These officers, contrary to the group think, uh, most of them were covered head-to-toe in riot gear. They were not recognizable. They did not have badge numbers. You could not see their faces. They started throwing explosives into the crowd assembled outside, doing nothing wrong. This was included flashbangs, something called sting balls, which releases rubber bullets. Capitol Police had what looked like guns, long like some sort of rifle that they were putting pepper balls into, which emits pepper gas when it hits the ground. And so there's plenty of video and uh, photographs of this happening right before the first physical breach of the building. But, Mark, this is what led to a lot of the confrontations between protesters and police, where you see Trump supporters yelling at police. You know, we've always had your back. We've supported you. We back the blue. Why are you doing this to us? We have a former NYPD uh, police officer, uh, Thomas Webster, who runs up to the police line and is screaming at them, calling them communists for attacking Americans. And so this prompted some of the attacks back on police. So I believe that that is primarily why Nancy Pelosi and Muriel Bowser did not want guardsmen there to say, what are you doing? You're not supposed to be assaulting protesters. You're not supposed to be punching them and tackling them on the ground and certainly not supposed to be beating and punching defenseless women, which is now on video that D.C. Metro Police did inside of an entrance tunnel later that afternoon. So that is why I am convinced they did not want National Guardsmen there that day. Is this also why they won't release all the video information that they have? That's exactly right. 14,000 hours of surveillance video has been designated highly sensitive government material, basically classified information. Every slice of video is under a protective order by the Justice Department and the D.C. District Court. But 
they are releasing some of it, and I'm telling you, every time they release it, I say this is why they want it under wraps because it undermines their narrative in a big way. I want to ask you when we return about this tunnel that I keep hearing about. What is this tunnel, and what happened in this tunnel? We'll be right back. Don't miss the book, January 6th by Julie Kelly. Go to Amazon right now and grab your copy. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. We're back with Julie Kelly. This book, this terrific book, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. You talk about this tunnel and something that took place in this tunnel. Please tell us. So this is the Lower West Terrace Tunnel, um, and this is an entranceway that leads into the building. And it is near where the inauguration staging and scaffolding had been set up ahead of time. Well, this is where really some of the more brutal confrontations between police and protesters occurred. And this is where um, I'm sure people have heard Officer Michael Fanone, who talked how he went to the tunnel and he was dragged out of the tunnel and tased, and then um, people carried him back into the tunnel. But this really was sort of a fortified area where D.C. Metro and Capitol Police were ostensibly to stop protesters from entering uh, the building, which had already been cleared by the time a lot of the confrontations and brawls took place. But what happened was you had um police were retreating and people started following police into this tunnel well pretty soon the police formed this barrier there's a mob of people inside and the there's kind of this push back and forth well then you see what police start doing they're filling this tunnel with a noxious gas in one instance two dc police uh, officers one supervisor uh, attacked a woman named Victoria White, who I interviewed uh, twice and wrote about her last month. D.C. supervisor takes his baton and strikes her on top of her head at least 13 times with a baton. Now, this is a small woman who is trapped in this tunnel. She cannot get out. He then throws his baton aside and punches her directly in the face five times. You then see her face is bloodied. You see another officer with a woman who has fallen down and cannot get out of this tunnel. 
He stomps on the top of her head. These are the kind of police brutality that was happening in this tunnel against women. This is also the location, Mark, where Roseanne Boyland, a 34-year-old woman from Georgia, Trump supporter, died. D.C. coroner said she died of an accidental drug overdose. But she was in this tunnel. She was overrun by the mob of both police and protesters. Um, we're not sure yet. There is looks like some evidence that she also was beaten by a female D.C. police officer in that tunnel. But she's lying face up dead in front of this tunnel and is then dragged back into the building by police officers, including celebrity police officer Harry Dunn and Officer Aquilino Ganell, who take her body and keep it near Steny Hoyer's office until paramedics arrive. She's pronounced dead at 6.09. There is a very good chance, and this is why they don't want the video released, um, that police officers didn't just kill one woman on January 6th, but killed two. Now, you know, I'm a supporter of law enforcement, but I'm not a supporter of lawlessness, regardless of Mm -hmm. who's involved in it. You're saying there's video of what took place in that tunnel that has not been released? It actually just was released, the three-hour portion that shows one angle of this tunnel. And this is what I'm talking about now. There was uh, court motions that detailed what happened in the tunnel. I spoke with Victoria White, who was abused. But then I saw the actual surveillance video that was released after defense attorneys argued for it. And actually, a group of press organizations called the Press Coalition are also wanting some of this video released. And so it shows what these attacks and people can go on my Twitter and they can go to some of my articles where I've linked it and see this is not law enforcement, Mark. These are stormtroopers. These are officers who had no accountability, who had their marching orders from the Democrats on what to do that day. And we know they're unaccountable because you had a police officer execute a woman almost at point blank range. Not only was his name covered up for months by the media, he faces no charges and is still on the job. Just an unprecedented event when it comes to law enforcement. So they know they will not be held accountable. Their names are being withheld in charging documents, the government has just notified the court one man who I mentioned, Thomas Webster, who wants this is a former NYPD cop, right? He wants to use he's charged with attacking police. He wants to use self-defense and defense of others against excessive force in his in his trial. And the government has come back and asked the court not to allow any defendant to say that they were defending themselves against excessive force against police. Just imagine if this happened anywhere else, Um, say in Lafayette Square in June of 2020, which required the lockdown of the White House, where you had dozens of, you had hundreds of protesters attacking police, burning down parts of Washington. But somehow the police were the bad guys in that situation. But here, they're heroes. And they've been heroes for the entire year, which right then there should should set off alarm bells. This is the first time Democrats in, in years have... Uh, commended police officers for what they did. Let me ask you a question, Julie Kelly, rhetorical in a sense. You have Bob Woodward out there who writes these books. He writes these books about the truth about what happened with the generals and the president, the truth about what happened here and there. You have others in the media, whether it's John Carl or people at the New York Times, Washington Post, who write these books about what they really found out and knew. 
Have any of these news programs, I would even ask you, other than opinion programs on CNN or MSNBC or even on my Fox, have any of the news programs booked you for tomorrow to discuss what you have learned through all of your research, investigation, and writing and reporting? News programs? No. No. Not a single news program? No. No, just opinion, just the, you know, regular influencers, which is great, but no, no news. I only point this out because Liz Cheney's on TV, and they bring uh, Benny Thompson on TV, and and Ruskin on TV, all the people who have not really done the kind of footwork that you've done, but have already drawn their own conclusions and so forth. Uh, and this is supposed to be a big day of remembrance, and I want, shouldn't we all remember what actually took place that day? Uh, but apparently not. Now, your book is, they're really trying to go after Trump and his supporters, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the bottom line here, that that's what they're really trying to do when they talk about their election of duty and, and sending subpoenas to people that have nothing to do with anything, but they're around Trump trying to find anything that might be embarrassing or something that might have been said as an example? Well, it's criminalizing any political dissent. It is, of course, the latest iteration of Crossfire Hurricane, Robert Mueller investigation, impeachment, etc., Um, But it's also an attempt to quash any election integrity laws that are being passed in the state. You saw Merrick Garland bring this up again today. So the idea is that anyone who wants to strengthen election integrity, you see the various laws that are attempted that have already been passed in Republican states that are being signed. The, The accusation is if you at all doubt the election and you want to strengthen election laws, you are an insurrectionist. That's Mm -hmm. the connection. And this whole January 6th thing is to cover up what happened in the 2020 election, which it really successfully did in a way, because as soon as the riot protest was over, the senators, most of whom were going to call for that 10-day audit that day, backed off. And so it was really the Democrats who wanted to stop what was happening on January 6th. Not so much the Republicans. It was the Democrats who wanted that process shut down. And they succeeded. And then they they have basically intimidated and bullied a lot of people out of pursuing, finding out exactly what happened in the 2020 election and moving forward, trying to intimidate them out of any laws that would stop from what happened in 2020. It's really intimidation, isn't it? That's what we're talking about here, that people shouldn't raise questions about the results of the election uh, legitimate or unlegitimate. We shouldn't have that debate. We shouldn't have the audits. The same people who pushed the 2016 lies and pushed them hard and got criminal investigations and impeachments and all the rest of it are the same people who are saying you cannot raise questions about this, even constitutional questions. And these Republican state legislatures, 19 of them which have acted so far, you're exactly right. This meritless Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, is as if he's sitting down with Pelosi, sitting down with Schumer, sitting down with the press office at the White House, coming up with exactly the same talking points, and that we're not going to tolerate these Republican legislatures doing this. I, in all my years, I've never seen a, a, an Attorney General who is so corrupt, intellectually and politically corrupt, mm-hmm. as Merrick Garland. I really have not any more radical Department of Justice in my life. In my life, the idea that the FBI is spending more resources on this than any other investigation in the history of the FBI 
is shocking, is it not? It's shocking. It's appalling because I talk to people and what they this FBI has done to them. The pre-dawn raids of families with SWAT teams and armed uh, dozens of armed agents who have aimed their rifle at elderly women and young children who had nothing to do with this. Um, and so what the FBI is doing is just egregious. So the idea that this is just a Chris Ray problem, it isn't. This is every single FBI field office who is engaged in this terror campaign against Americans. And I'll tell you what, <clears throat> Merrick Garland is a bad guy, but in a lot of ways, he's a Robert Mueller figure. You know, he comes out today as a grandfatherly, I am protecting democracy. So if you don't really know the details, you seem like, okay, well, he seems like a nice old man. But of course, he's not really running the Justice Department. This is Lisa Monaco, who was an Obama loyalist for years, who should never have been approved by the and United States Senate, but she was. Lisa Monaco was Barack Obama's um, Homeland Security Advisor, uh, a longtime Obama confidant, and she is the Deputy Attorney General. Mm -hmm. She is really running the show. She also was a Russian collusion architect. And so the idea that she got any Republican votes, and she got almost all of them except for two, believe it or not, she is the one running the Justice Department. She is really... Uh, pulling all the strings, and she is continuing what she started in the Obama White House in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I remember when she testified on the Garland memo about the parents, how she That's right. was very sleazy the way she wouldn't address it straight up front because she was involved in it. That's why. All right, we will be right back with Julie Kelly. Please jump online, get her book, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. If this book becomes number one on Amazon, that will be the news story tomorrow. Oh, look how all these reprobates are still resisting us. Yes, we are. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Julie Kelly, we only have a few minutes left, folks. I strongly encourage you to get her book right now. Go online, January 6th, How Democrats Use the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Any final comments in the last two and a half or so minutes we have, Julie? 
Well, Mark, and thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate all this time and your attention to this from the very beginning of my reporting. Um, I know we've talked about a lot of details about that day and what's happening in some of the court cases, but my book also um, tells personal stories of the people who have been ensnared in this abusive investigation, subjected to these punishing, uh, embarrassing FBI raids, people who have been detained in the political prison in Washington, D.C., what's happened to them, what's happened to their families. So there's a lot of personal stories in there uh, that tells, you know, not just the charges and not just the numbers or the timeline, but really the impact of, of just regular Americans, patriotic Americans who went to January 6th to do the right thing and in many ways were led into uh, really a trap that I believe that the government set up for them. And so I think that that's what's kept me going in my reporting, is telling the stories of the people who are voiceless and defenseless. And I want to thank you for helping share their stories, too. Well, it's an honor. Uh, and you've done a very courageous, exceptional job. And it's interesting, the government will not reveal today if they had informants and activists at that rally. I'm 100% certain they did. That's the modus operandi. Mm-hmm. And there's absolutely mm-hmm. no interest by the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of these other phony news operations on what they did and what the government's role was. And part of it, Julie, is this. It's that you and I and others are on the wrong side of the political spectrum. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. That's why they push Russia collusion. That's why they cover up the Hunter Biden story. That's why they have lied so much the last five years, maybe even longer than that, but particularly now. And that's why these Sunday shows are unwatchable, as they advance the language and the cause of the left. And here you're trying to find out what's going on. One person, you don't have a large research staff, you don't have a large investigative staff. It's you and you and you alone trying to get into the jails, trying to talk to the lawyers, trying to talk to the inmates. It's you looking at the dockets. It's you trying to piece together what happened that day to interview people and so forth and so on. Meanwhile, you're not, never going to find out exactly what happened because Nancy Pelosi is covering her tracks. And she's using this day and this event to do exactly that. Folks, get the book, January 6th, How Democrats Used the Capitol Protest to Launch a War on Terror Against the Political Right. Let's rocket this book up to number one on Amazon. Let's send a message to the media and to the whole world. They're going to look at this. Julie Kelly, nobody better. I want to thank you for your patriotism and your courage, my friend. I salute all of you folks out there, and I'll see you tomorrow.